Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God is good and faithful. And uh, he is an awesome, awesome God. Can you give God one more hand of praise this morning? Amen. Amen. Well, um, I'm so excited to see everybody at church this morning, even though all of our Miami sports teams decided to give us a bad week and the Panthers eliminated from the playoffs and the Heat had no fire in them uh, all series long. Um, they should have been called the Miami Snow or something the last four games because they definitely did not have uh, any heat in them one iota. But uh, it's awesome that our God never fails us, and he's undefeated. Every season, every sport, every championship, they all belong to him. I mean, heaven is full with rafters of banners, right, of banners hanging from the rafters because he has won them all. Can you give God one more hand of praise this morning? Amen. So as you guys know, we've been in the midst of this series that is called Potholes of Life. And last week we were talking about the pothole of repetition. And if you remember, we were talking about the temptation of hitting the pothole of repeating the things that we had done before just because they worked yesterday. And sometimes we are tempted with hitting that pothole, doing things the same way we did them before because they worked before. And today we're going to talk about a different one, but before we do, I have a question for everybody. Have any of you ever ridden on a hot air balloon? Do I have anybody here that's been on a hot air balloon? Oh, in first service, I didn't have anybody. I have several here. Man, I have always wanted to ride on a hot air balloon, and I haven't done it yet, but I love science. And if you study the different weight of gas or of air, you will find out that hot air balloons work because hot air weighs less than cold air. Some of you are like, what are you talking about? Air weighs the same. No, it doesn't. See, the hotter the air, the faster the molecule moves so they disperse and it makes it go higher. And cold air, the molecules are, are, are colder so they get closer together. I mean, how many of you have ever inflated a balloon with your lungs? I'm talking about you get the balloon and you inflate it, you close it up, and then the next day it's smaller than it was the day before. However, if you've noticed, if you get a hand pump and you blow up the same balloon, the next day it's almost the same exact size. And the reason is the hot air leaving your body had a different uh, a weight to it, and as the balloon acclimated to room temperature, the air got cooler inside the balloon, so it appeared to shrink or have lost air, but what changed was temperature. And hot air balloons work in the same manner. It's pretty cool. They will rise and go down depending on the amount of hot air placed into it. About 20 some odd years ago, these two explorers set out to circumnavigate the globe in a hot air balloon. And these two guys it took them 20 days to go around the entire globe in a hot air balloon. But they had a few encounters when they were crossing over China. See, China did not want them to go over. As a matter of fact, China and Russia at many times have not allowed people to go over their country if they were trying to do it on a hot air balloon. But China had agreed to allow them to try to do it, but they told them, you need to stay along this imaginary line. They gave them a line of latitude or longitude. They said, you've got to stay on this course. And you know what happened? 
the winds had shifted and they were about 20 miles off course and China sent them a message that said something along the lines, get on course or get shot down. Now, they could have freaked out. They could have jumped from the hot air balloon. But you know what they did? They released air from the hot air balloon so that it would be cooler, which caused them to descend and find a crosswind that pushed them back on track. The hot air balloon is at the mercy of the wind, but the pilot can go up or down in altitude to find the wind that'll take it to where it's trying to go. This morning, I want to talk about the pothole of discouragement. See, discouragement like the word from China to those two guys, can make you want to quit? Come on now. If you've never been discouraged, I want you to stand up so I can applaud you and get your autograph. As a matter of fact, let me repent before God. If you had got up, I probably would have called you a liar. <laughs> we all deal with discouragement. Every single one of us deals with discouragement. We all have good days, we have bad days, but we deal with discouragement. And what is the definition of discouragement? If you're writing down, jot it down. Discouragement is a loss of confidence or enthusiasm. A one word for it is dispiritedness. Losing your spirit, right? Like a loss of confidence. And I want to read to you what happened to the children of Israel. Go to uh, Numbers chapter 14 for a minute. Numbers chapter 14 when you've got it, you can shout amen. Numbers chapter 14. This is the children of Israel. And look what takes place in Numbers chapter 14. I'm going to begin reading in verse number one. And it says, So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried. And the people wept that night. Have you ever felt like crying when you're discouraged? Yeah, been there. Got a few tears to prove it. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses. And Aaron and the whole congregation said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not have been better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, watch this now, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Now, I want you to stop here and meditate on this for a quick second. These guys had been slaves in Egypt for 400 years. And they cry out to God, and God raises up Moses, who goes into Egypt to talk to Pharaoh, telling him, let my people go. After the 10 plagues, Egypt tells them all to leave. They get into the wilderness where Egypt begins to chase them and they get before the Red Sea. And God tells Moses, put your rod over the sea and the sea opens. They walk on dry land. The sea closes upon the Egyptians. These people were getting food from heaven every single morning in the form of manna. These guys had water that would come out of a rock. These guys had been taken care of by God. And all of a sudden, discouragement made them want to die and find a leader who would, if they couldn't die, would take them back to Egypt and say to the people in Pharaoh, make us slaves again. Discouragement makes you want to quit. Discouragement makes you want to surrender. Discouragement can make you want to die. We saw it in Elijah. 
Do you remember when Elijah stands before the prophets of Baal, calls down fire from heaven, pulls out a sword and wipes out 450 people, and at the word of Jezebel, he goes to a corner and cries and said, God, kill me? Discouragement makes you want to quit, go back, surrender, all of the above. And it got really quiet in the Pentecostal church. <laughs> but it's what we all face. And how is it that we are discouraged or get discouraged? Well, I'm going to give you a few things this morning. The first one is this. Discouragement comes in by what we see. Discouragement comes in by what we see. What had taken place in chapter 13 was that the children of Israel had finally gotten to the place that they were going to start entering the promised land. And they sent out spies, and they were there for 40 days in the land, spying it out. And these people came back, and they said, the land is great. The grapes are the largest grapes in the Guinness World Book of Records. I mean, it doesn't say that way in the Bible, but let me describe to you what the Bible says. The Bible says that they carried one grape clover bunch, vine. Goodness gracious. English language failed me today. In Spanish, they said un racimo. Recio racimo. It says that they got that bunch of grapes, that one thing of grapes, and they had to carry it among two people. That's right. Jeremiah's like, that's big grapes. <laughs> Do you imagine having to grab, carry one bunch of grapes among two people? They said the land flows milk and honey, but we saw fortified walls. We saw giants. We saw this. And what they saw brought discouragement. Discouragement comes in through your eyes. Another way that discouragement comes in is through your ears. Ten spies, twelve saw it all. Ten started to say that. And what happened? The entire population of the children of Israel listened to what those guys were saying and decided to want to quit and go back to Egypt. As a matter of fact, look at what Deuteronomy 28, or one, Deuteronomy 1 verse 28 says. It's going to come up on the screen. Deuteronomy 1 verse 28 says this. Where can we go up? Our brethren have discouraged our hearts, saying, the people are greater and taller than we. The cities are great and fortified up to heaven. Moreover, we have seen the sons of Anakim there. What they saw and what they heard. And a third way that discouragement comes in is through our mind or our rationalizing. Discouragement comes in through our eyes, it comes in through our ears, and it comes in through our mind or our reasoning, our rationalizing. You know what I'm talking about? When you start doubting yourself and making yourself want to quit, nobody told you anything, but you make yourself want to quit because you think that you can't do any further, you can't go anything else, just because of what? Because of what somebody said or because of what you saw, now you begin to fester and think upon it, and before you know it, you want to quit and surrender. 
And it's something we all deal with. Can I tell you something this morning? Discouragement is a choice. Oh, pastor, where do you come up? What do you mean discouragement is a choice? Yes, discouragement is a choice. I love what Andy Stanley said. Andy Stanley said this. He said, discouragement or disappointment are inevitable. Discouragement is a choice. Disappointments are inevitable. Discouragement is a choice. Let's go back to our hot air balloon for a minute. I can stay at that altitude of wind that is pushing me away from where I'm supposed to be, or I can change my altitude and find the one that puts me on track to where I'm supposed to be. You can stay discouraged, or you can change your attitude. And you change your attitude by changing your altitude. That's the way it works. What are we watching? What is it that we are focusing on? Who or what are we listening to? Human nature wants you to tell everybody the worst thing that can happen. It is human nature. Do you remember when, lady, I'm going to talk to the ladies for a second. Do you remember when you found out you were pregnant? And you started telling a few people you were pregnant? And what did everybody do? Oh, get ready for that morning sickness. Oh, I remember when I was pregnant. I had this problem. I couldn't drink water. I couldn't hold anything down. Oh, it, 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 the weight, get ready for the labor pains. Like, shut up, man. I'm rejoicing and you're trying to discourage me from what I go. What are you doing? You tell somebody, oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go get this car. I'm going to do this. Oh, are you sure? I've read a lot of negative reports about that one. Oh, you know, I'm going to get the, uh, you know, We're experts at bringing discouragement. And when we are discouraged, we have to make the choice to stay there or get out of there. So what does that mean? We need to choose what we are going to look at. We need to choose who we're going to listen to. Newsflash, just because they're Christian, they don't need to know what you're facing. Oh, I was telling them so they can pray. Yeah, not knowing that they're biggest gossip and all they're going to do is turn around and tell somebody else. We choose who we bring in to what we're believing for. We choose what we are going to think about. We choose to stay or we choose to change altitudes and find the wind that is blowing in the direction of your calling. Find the wind that is blowing in the direction of your purpose. Find the wind that is blowing in the direction of your victory. Find the wind that is blowing in the direction of your healing. Find the wind that is blowing in the direction of your prosperity. Find the wind that is blowing in the place that you are trying to get to. It falls on the pilot of the hot air balloon to go up or to go down. Because if you stay drifting further off course, it wasn't the wind's fault. See, because that's what we turn to say. 
oh man, I was going to do this, but I talked to so-and-so and he discouraged me and he just talked some sense into me. That's how we, that, that's how we say it. He talked some sense into me. No, he didn't talk sense into you. He killed the desire of God in your life to get to the place that God said you were going to get to if you got in the right wind stream to go around the globe. Amen. You allowed discouragement to stop you from the place that you were called to go. It's a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice. And we choose to accept and stay or move it. I've said this story before. If you're not aware, I'm pretty bold. Okay? Um, it's the way that I've been um, since I was little. And um, with the Holy Spirit inside of me, I'm a little bolder than I was even before. And um, I will correct a person that is telling me something that does not align with what I believe. So I'm going to give you an example. I have three amazing daughters. And I remember when Abigail was about a year and a half old, maybe two, give, give or take. Um, yeah, she was, she was almost two because you were pregnant. We went to a wedding. And Abigail, especially when she was little, if there was any sort of beat, like all little kids do, right? They're, like, they're moving, they're stuff. And I remember that we were at this wedding, and uh, the music was playing during the reception, and Abigail spent about a straight hour, hour and a half, walking around literally the dance floor, moving to whatever music was being played or whatever. And some nimwit that I don't know and doesn't know me came up to me, and said this, oh, get ready. When she's older, you're never going to be able to get her out of the club. And I looked at her and I said, you don't know what you're talking about. That little girl ain't never stepping foot in one. Because that's what we're going to teach her. Now, oh, pastor, no, 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 no. I don't know him and he don't know me. But he was sent by the devil to send me a crosswind to pull my hot outer balloon off of the place where I needed to go and discourage me as a parent in the way I was going to raise my child? Not today, Satan. No. You correct it. Oh, you have super faith? You betcha. Because my faith and my confidence isn't in you, it's in God. And I'm going to tap into what he says. I'm not going to believe what you say. I'm not going to believe what I see with my eyes. What do you mean you don't believe what you see with your eyes? I don't believe what I see with my eyes. I'm going to see what God sees through his eyes. Because let, let's be real for a second. If you take your figurative masks off for a moment, I know we're in the pandemic and it's been downgraded or whatever the case is, but let's take off our, phys, our, 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 our fake you know, facades here for a second. If you're honest with yourself, you don't want the people to see you the way you truly are. But you do want them to see you the way that God sees you are. We all sin. We all mess up. We all have issues. We all have circumstances. 
But the same way that I just try to justify and say, oh, that person spoke sense into me, we try to do things and say things that will justify that the other person is worse than we are, and all we're doing is propelling the discouragement in other people around us, and then we wonder why people don't want to come to Christ. So we need to make the choice of what we're going to look at, what we're going to listen to, and what we're going to think about. Can I tell you that what you think about is super important? Watch. You're laying down in bed. You feel a little hunger. You start thinking about ice cream <laughs> with Ovaltine on top of it. Or you start thinking about the key lime pie you have in the freezer. <laughs> key lime pie. Thank you, Jesus, for key lime pie. You start thinking about all these different things. And before you know it, your feet are out from under the covers. And they're on your floor putting your chancletas on. And you're walking to the kitchen. And you're getting a plate and a piece of key lime pie out of the freezer. And you're saying, but why did I just gain a pound? Because I just meditated on the key lime pie that was in my freezer. Church, why are we living in perpetual discouragement making us want to quit? Because we are continuing to propagate and think about the things that don't come from God. And if we think about the things that don't come from God, we're going to go into that place that didn't come from God. So what do we need to do? We need to choose to change the altitude because changing altitude changes our attitude. And when we change our attitude, we find the place to get us back on track to what God says about you. There is a plan for each and every one of you, from God and one from the enemy. The plan you choose to walk in depends on what you listen to, what you watch, and what it is that you allow your mind to think about. Can I tell you one of my favorite verses in all the scriptures? Isaiah chapter 26, verse number 3. It says, He will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. He will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. If you meditate on the Lord, God's got you. If you're thinking about Him, He will take care of you. Last week, we talked about the fact that you combat or you deal with the issues of repetition by seeking God, listening to God, and obeying God. Seeking God, listening to God, and obeying God. Let me tell you, the way that we deal with this pothole of discouragement is to seek God, is to listen to God, and it's to believe what God says. Believe and obey actually are words that are pretty much interchangeable. Can you agree with me that you don't obey what you don't believe? As a matter of fact, even in our United States military, in their code of conduct, they, they, the, the UCMJ, they talk about with following of an order. And when somebody doesn't follow an order, the first thing that they put to the test of it was it a lawful order. And the only way that you get away with not following the order if it was unlawful. And here's the truth. We obey God because we believe God. 
And if you don't believe what God says, you will not obey what God says. So how do we deal with the pothole of discouragement? We need to seek God. We need to listen to God. Church, we need to believe what God says. Turn with me to Joshua chapter 1. Look, look, we know what God told Joshua. Do you guys remember what Josh told, God told Joshua? Be strong and... Right? Tells them to him, not once, not twice, but three times. Joshua chapter 1. He tells them, be strong and of courage. And look what he says to them in verse number 7. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. What did I tell you? How does discouragement come in? By what I see my eyes, by what I listen to with my ears, by what I meditate on with my head. And what did God tell Joshua? He said, keep your eyes on the book. Don't go left or right from it. He said, meditate on it. He said, do it. And if we will continue to seek God, listen to what he says, and believe and obey what he tells us to do, the pothole of discouragement is all that it is, a pothole that you learn how to skate around and drive beyond it. Somebody sent me a quote yesterday that I thought was really good. It said this, cars are required to be street worthy. But streets, are not required to be car worthy. As a matter of fact, the way that it said was cars are required to be road worthy, but the roads are not required to be car worthy. And what a true reality. Can I tell you something? The roads of life are filled with potholes, are filled with situations and circumstances that are coming to try to give you a flat tire. But God says, if you will seek me, if you will listen to me, if you will obey me, believe me, you will avoid every single one of those potholes so that you can get to the place that I've called you to be in. Church Philippians chapter 4, Paul writes this, rejoice in the Lord always. Little Bible trivia. Do you know what the theme of the book of Philippians is? It's the joy of the Lord. And here's the better question. Do you know where Paul was when he wrote the book of Philippians? In jail. The dude was sitting in jail and he wrote down, rejoice in the Lord always. The dude was sitting in jail and he wrote down, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. The dude was sitting in jail and he wrote down, of whatever is true, noble, praiseworthy, of good report, meditate on these things. The dude was sitting in jail and he wrote down, and the God of peace will guard your hearts and mind. The dude was sitting in jail with the wind pushing his hot air balloon away from where he wanted to be, away from where he thought he would be, but God. 
by seeking him, listening to him, and obeying him, shifted his attitude by shifting his altitude, and he wrote verses that we claim and stand upon today and will as we continue to face discouragement. Why? Because our God can and will supply all my needs according to his riches and glories. Because my God can and will take me to places that I never thought possible. Because my God can and will restore things that I thought would never be fixable. Because my God can and will heal me from things that I thought were uncurable. Because my God can and will lift me to places that I thought I could never reach. Why? Because his promises are true. Because he never lets go. Because he's got us in the palm of his hand. Because he's got a vested interest in your success. Do you know that God has a vested interest in you? Each and every one of you, online campus, each and every single one of you that is watching right now, God's got a vested interest in your life because he created you. Because the book of Psalms says that before you were in your father, mother's womb, he knew you. It says that he formed you. It says that he gave you a purpose and a calling. It says that he has a plan for you. And the puddle of discouragement will come, but we don't need to stay there. We can choose to change that elevation and change our attitude. And no matter what comes our way, we will be able to have success because with God, we can. Because by his mercy, his grace, and his power, we can. But we need to shift our eyes to see what he says or he sees. We need to shift the voices that we allow to speak into us. Some of us are dealing with discouragement more than others because we have not wanted to end the friendship because we've known them so long. Can I tell you? If it ain't fruitful, cut it. Because what it's doing, it's sapping what should be going to what is fruitful. Some of you are dealing with marriage issues. And the reason you're dealing with the marriage issue is because of the voices and the people that you listen to and the things that you're allowing to see and meditating on. Some of you are dealing with situations and circumstance with your children. And part of the reason is because you're just thinking about everything that you don't have instead of looking at what you do have. If you go back to Numbers chapter 13, it says that 12 spies went into the land. All 12 saw the same thing. Do you know that? All 12 saw the grapes. All 12 saw the milk and honey. All 12 saw the walls. All 12 saw the giants. And 10 of them, very loud 10, shifted all of Israel into a panic. But it talks about the two. It talks about this dude named Caleb and this other one named Joshua. And it talks about how they told the people, don't be discouraged, get up, God has given us the victory. But the people chose to stay discouraged 
and not go to fight. Another Bible trivia. How many years were the children of Israel in the wilderness? Come on, shout it out. 40. Does anybody know how long the journey was supposed to take? 11 days. Does anybody know why they spent 40 years in the wilderness? No, no, I know they spent it going around. Does anybody know why? The Bible says, Deuteronomy chapter 1, and in Numbers 14, that God punished them one year for every day that they had spied the land. Those 12 spies were in the land for 40 days. And because they chose to believe and focus and be discouraged by the obstacles, they spent 40 years in the wilderness to those people died and a new generation was raised up. Raised up. Can I tell you something? I want to be a Caleb and a Joshua. I'm not going to listen to the discouragement. I'm not going to stay where the other voices are screaming louder. I will stand and say, my God is with me. The victory is mine. I will not stay in this place. I will not walk around this wilderness. Not today, not ever, because my God has a wind that is blowing and it's called the Holy Spirit. And as the Holy Spirit flows and moves and we change our attitude into the place to catch that wind, we will get to the place of our calling, our purpose, and where God has called us to be. And when we get there, we're going to look back and say, that grape is good. Yep, the walls were big, but my God was bigger. Yep, they were some giants, but how about them stones? And yep, there was a problem and an obstacle, but how about my God? Repetition, you combat it. Seeking God, listening to God, and obeying God. Discouragement, you combat it. Seeking to God, listening to God, believing God, or obeying God. Church, the center of This morning, if you're under the sound of my voice, whether you're here in the building or online. Perhaps you're dealing massively with discouragement, and this message today has stirred you to get out of that position of discouragement. And I praise God for that, but can I tell you that the most important thing is that this God that we're talking about, you need to have a relationship with. And what does the Bible say? The Bible says that if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God and you confess that with your mouth, you are saved. That's how you can claim this and change the altitude to get into the position of the Holy Spirit to take you where he wants to go. So today, if you're under the sound of my voice, whether it be digitally or in person, and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, or perhaps you want to get right with him today, I just want you to say this prayer with me, believing it and confessing it. In church, we can pray it together and say, God, I'm a sinner and on my own, I can't get to you. But I believe Jesus is your son. He came to earth, lived a perfect life, died on a cross, and rose from the grave to pay the price of my sin, of my unrighteousness. And today, I ask Jesus, come and live in my heart. Write my name 
in the book of life. And from now on, God, I'm yours and you are mine in Jesus' name. I want to pray for you before I turn it over. Father, we all deal with this. We all deal with the face of discouragement. But Lord, as your children, we pray today that you help us to put the guards over our eyes and only look at what you want us to look. Put guards on our ears to only listen to what you want us to listen to. Father, that we may put a guard on our mind to only meditate and think about that which you want us to meditate and think upon so that we can overcome discouragement and get into the winds of the Holy Spirit pushing us and propelling us into our purpose and the fullness of our call in you in Jesus' name. Right? Just lift your voice and worship.